Hey, it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios' premier wrestling podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLD. Alongside me today is always the man behind the Twitter, the other half of the operation. It is Scott, as well as we have Zach from Back to the Ring. We are fresh off of All Out. And we were going to hold off on doing this tonight. But after what has transpired, we need to talk about this. Ooh. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Um, another excellent pay-per-view from AEW. And the way this ended... Oh hot damn! <laughs> it's it's going to take me a little while to come down off this high, so I'm glad I'm just able to talk to you guys right now. <laughs> Need someone I, to talk to. <laughs> I I will tell you the last two all out pay per views for me have been probably the weaker every year. For some reason the the other two all outs are not bad. Like I've never been like wowed by them, but this one this one like I said this is the best hyped pay per view they had, and it lived up to it. Um, so let's kick it off. Um, you know, while we're here, Scott, what was our um, what are our records at the end of this night? Because I know you're gonna want to gloat. No, 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 I, 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 I can't, I can't gloat. I almost, I almost had a chance. That goddamn second ref <laughs> screwed me out of my victory. <laughs> Riddler actually took the dub. At nine and one, his only loss was the women's uh, casino ro- uh, battle royale. That was the only one that he lost. He was everything else was great. It was perfect for him. Um, the guy Zach and I finished here. at eight and two. I know he's not here to to gloat. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam, unfortunately, falling behind at seven and three, but that's okay. Still a wonderful pay per view. I love how we all did. Really, really well picking all these winners. Yeah, what's the division in the NFL where they like always have great records? Uh, Not the NFC East. No, 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 nor the AFC East. (laughs) (laughs) Probably be, oh God, um, maybe NFC West. Pretty good. Well, either way, that's what it was like. North, I don't know. We. Let's let's get right into this because I'm like Zach said, oh, he's he's fucking jacked right now. I'm I'm on a high. Scott, you're on a high. 
despite us being, as I like to say, uh, post-tweeting, because my feed was a little behind, <laughs> um, pre-show. Uh, pre-show was the best friends in Jurassic Express taking on and defeating the Hardy family office and the hybrid two. Caught the end of this. This is when I hopped on due to um, drywall in my bathroom. <laughs> it was a good match. Um, kind of went as I expected it to be. Um, I, I really, really enjoy the Hardy family office as a whole. It's a good unit. Uh, we did get the surprise after this match was over. Uh, the Butcher has returned from injury. Taking out Orange Cassidy, so I would assume that those two are probably going to tangle pretty soon. But it's nice to see the Butcher and the Blade back together at now full strength. I thought it was a perfect opener. It was a really fun match. I really enjoyed the in-ring chicken match with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus' shoulders and just an actual chicken fight in the ring. And Marco Stunt getting involved. It, It was fun. Yeah, no, I I might have to go back and watch this one. Um, pretty much has some of the best tag teams that you know we're not in the tag match tonight, which we'll talk about shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, the opening bout uh, shocked me. This was op- an opener. Uh, Miro taking on defeating Eddie Kingston for the TNT title. This is exactly I think what I we said during the uh, the pre show, the go home show. This was going to be a hard hitting match. Yes, and that's exactly what it was. Um, neither neither disappointed. Um, obviously we knew Mirror was going to win, but Eddie Kingston didn't look eh, like, like Scott and I like to say, even though he lost, he didn't look any weaker than he did going into this match. No, this is, I think as I, I expected it to be the women's, uh, casino match to open up, but to have this match come out first, was a good, strong opener. And it really kind of set the pace for how the, the main card was going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, even. I, even though we no one thought Eddie Kingston was going to win this match, but it was still a match worth having. It was really good. And because of Eddie Kingston's promo skills. So I was still really invested in the match. The crowd was really invested in the match. They had a redeemed these nuts chant going. I heard. So that was awesome. That was worth it just for that. And they turned around that shirt so quick. I'm so yeah, proud of them seriously. for that. <laughs> I might have to buy one. Jeez. I know. Right. I know. I think they still have that sale going on until I think it's what one o'clock Eastern tomorrow or when this comes out today. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it, and after watching that, I'm just like, all right, this pay per view is gonna is gonna go at high high volume, so I'm ready to go. That third match, which was. John Moxley taking on and defeating Kojima. So I know I know Riddler had had said something where he felt like this felt like the first match, you know, Miro and Eddie. But I would highly disagree on that because, like I said, um, this felt like a New Japan match. Like Zach, if you want to know what a New Japan match feels like, that's kind of like what it was like watching. Like it's a little slower paced, definitely a lot more of a technician kind of style going on. Um, Kojima is a classic. He's been around forever. Um, I loved it. I thought it was. I was. We need new, more new Japan guys, which we will be getting. As I grin like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I, I noticed the slow pacing of this match, I was like, Sam must be in in absolute heaven right now. 
<laughs> and it definitely makes me want to even more so get get on board with checking out some new japan stuff and as more guys come in i i love it kind of the crossover getting different promotions getting more guys from new japan over it makes me want to get get more involved i know some of the names and i just haven't seen many of their matches so i it makes me want to get in, involved with that more and i think it's just great getting getting more styles in, involved yeah no um like their their pay-per-views are all like that they're all incredible their main events usually can go for 40 minutes like that and it's like echoing on that uh so that was fun and obviously moxley won however we were able to get shocker minoru suzuki came out um i almost lost my shit seeing this (laughs) <laughs> uh, or Suzuki is actually he runs one of the bigger factions over New Japan uh, Suzuki Goon Zack Sabre Jr. who wrestled in the the Cruiserweight class uh, a while back is in that faction um, I love that slap fest that they had I was just like okay we'll you'll just this is the rest of the pay-per-view two hours of just them slapping each other <laughs> yep I'll take it yeah even with uh, my limited New Japan viewing experience i i think i'm pretty sure i've seen suzuki somewhere along the way so i i, I kind of have an idea like that guy's probably a legend <laughs> i should check out more of this stuff yeah once you go down this the rabbit deal. hole once you go down the rabbit hole zach snow coming back <laughs> <laughs> there goes a lot of my time <laughs> there goes all my time um free time what's that what it's free time uh Following that, we had, and I thought it was interesting, but you know, now I kind of, I look at what has transpired on this card, and it makes sense the way that they built this card to mm-hmm. happen. So following that, we had the the women's title match, you know, Doctor Britt da- Baker, DMD, taking on and defeating Chris Statlander for the title by submission. Wow, this was another, as Jr. would say, slobber knocker. <laughs> this. You know, Chris Statlander, I've always kind of liked her, but it was always kind of like, it's been okay, you know, she's, but, but this, I feel like she was at her best. This is one of the best, if not the best match I think I've seen her in, in AEW. Yeah, it was some good stuff. Um, I really, at times this match was a little bowling shoe ugly, um, but they really pulled it off. Um, I, I, the funny thing about this card is that when you looked at it, you can kind of tell who's going to win and who's not going to, you know, who's not going to win. This this match was definitely one of those. Well, I'm pretty sure I could probably, you know, bet my salary on this that Britt Baker's not not going to lose this title, especially with, you know, her future challengers down the road, which we all know uh, won Thunder Rosa. At some point, we'll be getting another shot at Britt Baker. So... Uh, but I'm a huge fan of, of, of Statlander, always have been, uh, and I don't think this is really going to derail her too much. I think she'll bounce back, and uh, she'll probably get another shot down the road, too. And it's still, it took a lot for Britt to take down Statlander, even though Hater and Rebel didn't really get involved in the match, but still, mm-hmm. it took the 
the Pittsburgh Sunrise. Lo- yeah. Love that move getting in there, that call out. <laughs> that was pretty foreshadowing. Cool. Yeah, I, I know, right? God, <laughs> if I would have known, I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's a you know, hell of a mug, Scott. <laughs> this is Bubba. He's my friend. <laughs> Scott is chugging out of a... He actually put a handle on an actual keg and is drinking out of it right now. Yeah, I drink my kegs. Yeah, that's how it works. Well, I think we need to talk about potentially what is the best match and what might be a match of the year contender. Lucha Brothers taking on and defeating the Young Bucks for the tag titles. Reign of Terror is finally over. Holy Christ, what a match this was. The the I, <laughs> so it was funny. Half after this match was over, they were doing a recap of the pay per view up until that point, and I'm like, we're not even halfway done. Why are we doing a recap? And then I remembered all the blood yeah. that ended up on the mat, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is why because yeah. they they probably have to put a new ring mat down right now after that. They're probably rolling up the old one as they were showing. They're like, "All right, uh, well, it's halfway through the pay per view. Uh, let's uh, let's quickly clean up all this blood." And uh, yeah, <laughs> let's waste a good five minutes talking about what we've already talked about, so we can clean up this ring. <laughs> something though that that elevated this match for me. Something that I didn't really think about going into it for some reason is just the fact that it was two brothers fighting two brothers Mm. and just the emotional stakes that ended up going into the match and penta diving in front of his brother to to protect him from the 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 tacked nike shoe which was amazing also by the way it was and yeah, I I didn't expect to get to that emotional level in this match, and th- but they really did with all the blood and all the. Just, someone said it, one of the announcers said it during the match, and I made me realize, oh wow, yeah, two brothers going against two brothers, so this is pretty heavy now. Yeah, it was awesome. I also love how uh, the bigger brothers would pick on the little brothers of the opposite team. <laughs> Which is normally how it works in life. And then the two big brothers beat the crap out of one another. So, yeah, it worked out well. <laughs> I. Yeah, this this the storytelling in this match was in, was absolutely amazing. Um, it was it was pretty I thought it was pretty heartwarming where Pentagon Jr.'s wife and kids came out at the end, which I'm just like, you know, it's one of those things that humanizes, you know, he's yeah. not just the crazy guy with the the you know the, the the mask and the makeup on you just you, i don't know there was it, there was a real moment especially since knowing that though they've been feuding since day one yeah and it's good to see them finally get the titles i think i told you from like the moment AEW started that they're going to be tag champs one day yep. and here we are we got some of the best tag champs also funny note me and my friends we were talking while this was towards the end where pentagon's hugging his daughter and wife and we're like Yo, what if he turns heel on his wife and kids right now? <laughs> Just like super kicks. If this was Lucha Underground, that might have actually happened. <laughs> Just saying. Well, following that, we had one of our other, well, the second surprise of the evening. I mean, 
was it really a surprise? Um, we had the 21 women casino battle royale match. Um, where the end of this match almost felt like it could have been a match in itself. Yeah. You know, with Ruby Soho now being all elite. Um, and her and Thunder Rosa took out Nyla. And I think that was the biggest pop of the night. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but those two, I was like, it was kind of almost like Suzuki and Moxley all over again. Mm, just in female form. Yes, absolutely. I want to see that one-to-one match between those two. Mm-hmm. It's going to be outstanding. Ruby looked phenomenal, and I was so happy. Uh, also, I kind of a little sad that we didn't. I I didn't mention to Riddle before uh, Riddler to have him pick multiple picks for this match because Ruby Soho was my number two pick. So I would have been like, ah, I would have gotten this one too. <laughs> That's why you got to pick just one. It raises the stakes. That's true. I know. Sam and I have always picked, like, what, two or three on this one? Because there's so many people in it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think we all would have picked... I mean, they were the last two in the match, and it only made sense. Yeah. It only made sense. I couldn't really see... Unless they wanted to go with a wild card like Ty Conti. Or, right. like, uh, the new girl that was in uh, Sky, Sky Blue, I think. Yeah. You could have gone with any of them, but I feel like in terms of long-term storybooking, one of these two had to be you know, the end of this. So right. this was actually a pretty good battle royale. They eliminated a lot of people pretty quickly, I thought. Yeah, there was, I think if I, because I kind of counted as it was going, I think they, out of the five that would come out for the suit, only two would normally survive. Mm-hmm. But they I would mean, eliminate the other ones re- relatively quickly within that three and a half minutes that they had. Yeah, I think Sky and Abaddon were like the first two, like, just yeah. before the second suit came out. Yep. Just and one two. Yeah, back. I kind of had a feeling that that Blue Sky would be out quickly. Um, I know that. I guess she had a really good match with uh, with Red Velvet. So you know we're getting all the colors going. Um, and Tony Khan comes out after their match and and gives her the opportunity because Julia Hart was taken out by Nyla and uh, Jade Cargill, so they had an open spot. It worked out. Um, I thought she did really well. Obviously, the rookie mistake of getting on the rope. As soon as she got her, put her foot up on the rope and kind of like extended herself, I'm literally yelling at my television, you're going to get eliminated. And within five seconds, down she goes. <laughs> like, rookie mistakes, God damn it. I don't know if I saw any, but it seemed like every elimination was basically the same. Like someone gets thrown out to the outside and they're on the apron and then they get super kicked or whatever and fall. I don't know if I really saw anybody go out to the outside and come back in like you would see a lot in like a Royal Rumble. I don't know. Yeah. Did I miss? There was like maybe one or two, but maybe, most of yeah. them went over the top and then they, you know, maybe caught themselves and then they were kicked off or something. Yeah. yeah. But that happens like all the time in like a Royal Rumble. Someone goes out, but then they roll back in under. And yeah. yeah. I don't know. Unless it's a new day and then you somehow, you know, <laughs> your feet aren't touching the ground by some technique. Yeah. Stepping on pancakes. Exactly. Or just That's using right. your hands, you know. Well, I mean, th- there's only one Kobe Kingston, so I mean. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, following that, we had. Whew, let's talk about the entrance first. Chris Jericho and MJF. With I Chris Jericho so much. him by submission. Yeah, this was. Uh, it's funny because this is where I was behind and I started seeing things on uh, Twitter. 
and I saw MJF has entrance of the year, and I'm like, I got to see this. Because I almost fast-forwarded by this point, but I'm like, I'm going to see this entrance. I'm not missing it. So then I saw the countdown, and I'm like, yo, it's Y2J. Let's go. <laughs> and it was like Jericho's last match, and he heard the music playing, and you're like, oh, this cocky son of a bitch. This is great. <laughs> it was beautiful. I was, I was hoping it was foreshadowing, and I got my moment. Like, I literally jumped off of my couch, and I was running around my apartment because I was so excited because I thought I had won this. And then when that second goddamn ref showed up, I was like, no, they're going to screw me. They're going. To, I know they are going. To, God damn it. The Vermont screw job. <laughs> hey, they, I'm so mad. They got the call right. It's like the first time in wrestling history that they actually bring in a second referee who actually saw it to get it right. It's the worst. I hate it. <laughs> VAR. They you're going to win again, Scott. They can't let you win two pay-per-views in a row. <laughs> it's more important to get the call right. Right. <laughs> It's only because it gave you guys the win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but aside from that, this match actually was really good. You know, sometimes Chris Jericho matches more recently because he is older. You know, he's not as in shape as he used to be. Some of them are really good. Some of them are okay. But he was, he, they both looked incredible here. Yeah. Almost the reason where I wouldn't want to see Jericho retire. Right. You know, he just, he looked great. MJF, I mean, looked... We, I don't feel like we see MJF wrestle a lot. And maybe that's just part of his heel persona. Because he's just going to shit talk. And then he gets in the ring. And he's going to cheat somehow. Right. Yeah. So, I I love this match. This was this was another cool one. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. I did like the fact that when Wardlow started coming out, Hager immediately fought him off. And, and kept it legitimately one-on-one. Um, and then, of course, it led to Floyd, the, uh, the, the bat being used. And then Judas Effect by MJF. And I'm just like, this is amazing. I love how this is all working out. It couldn't end like that, though. Why not? That would have been great. Because then you could have turned it into a whole other storyline about how Jericho was screwed. And then he'd have his redemption story to come back in. And he'd have another match at, at um, full gear to get his career back. They could have they worked all this. <laughs> But how could they have done that if this was his last match? He lost. If he lost, he w- he would have had to be done wrestling in AEW, so that you couldn't do that. That would work logically, but they, they would have had to bring the wrestlers court in. Oh, wrestlers court would have come in. Oh Christ! <laughs> could you imagine AEW doing a parody of wrestlers court? Yeah, but Tommy oh, Dreamer still has to come in and be like the judge, like he is an impact. <laughs> <laughs> so. Following that, we had what I thought would have been the second to last match of the night, but we will get into, I think, why they switched it out. Um, CM Punk taking it on and defeating Darby Allen. Um, this was good. I think Zach had the call on the go-home show where Darby was going to carry it, and I feel like Darby carried most of it, but when Punk made his moves, Punk made his moves. Yep. He, Punk looked... Honestly, I was half expecting him to look somewhat rusty. I thought Punk looked really good. I didn't see a lot of rust there. I thought he looked very good. No, I mean, it was a little more technical, a little more, I think, grapply than, you know, what we're used to in AEW right now, which I'm perfectly fine with. But I'm, I would agree with you. You know, I want to, I definitely want to see him work his way, you know, a little more active, a little more, you know, hard hitting. I, I just, 
this this was a lot i don't know i like this this was a lot of fun this was this was great hashtag punk with pants song oh no that's a thing now too isn't it (laughs) it's funny you say that so just before the pay-per-view started my friend's wife goes i've noticed they all wear pants hair and nobody wears trunks and we were thinking about it and I'm like, everyone's like, well, what about Rusev? It's like, well, those are more like athletic shorts kind. Like, it's not really like trunks. Like the Stone Cold Steve Austin, you're the generic wrestling character in WWF No Mercy kind of look. Yeah, um, yeah a lot of pants here. APW, all pants wrestling. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So yeah, He's same. undefeated in pants, so you can't argue with that. So who wins, though? If everyone's wearing pants and you can win when wearing pants, who wins? The pants, duh. <laughs> pants versus pants match. Loser loses their pants. <laughs> what a disgrace that would be. I love it. That's like kicking everyone's ass on like Pokemon and getting their money. It's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. <laughs> I win, so I'm going to seal you close. I need you to close your boots, your motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> well... Let's uh, gonna hop into everyone's favorite match of the night. <laughs> Paul White taking on QT Marshall. <laughs> you know, it wasn't until this match started I had realized they definitely booked this in between because they would have been exhausted mm. if that was the second to last match. But this is kind of what everyone expected. Um, Paul White pretty much squashed QT. Wasn't impressed with his chops as. Scott knows there's only one man who can make my chest cave in looking at chops. Yeah. Uh, good old Walter on That's NXT. True. Yeah. But I mean, this was, I would say it was the weakest match of the night, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. There really wasn't a bad match tonight, which is nice to see. It's your run in the mill, like big show match. Yeah. Goes out there, slaps a few people, punches some people, choke slams. One, two, three. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm still just curious about the Billy Gunn thing. That just still seems really random to me. So I guess that's going to be the next thing. I'm I'm curious where that goes. Yeah, that was that that makes a good point. Like the the Gun Club wasn't even out there at at all. Like there was no run in. There was no I was nothing. expecting that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, because at that point I was thinking, shit, maybe Sam's going to steal this one because he picked QT to win this match and. I was like, ah, oh, he's him and his big brain play over here after uh, after Billy Gunn attacks, because that happened on what Rampage? And we no dynamite. Three. Was it dynamite? Okay, dynamite. I could I could pull a I could pull a Wade Barrett and be like, no, I did not say that. <laughs> no, I've been saying from all along, Paul White was going to win this match. What are you talking about? No, but you're right, though. I, they need to do something with that. They can't just leave it at nothing now. Unless they decide to turn this into, a, like, a, a dark or elevation storyline. And at that point, then it's lost to everybody else. Because Sam and I don't have time to watch those two shows, unfortunately. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. That is interesting. Like, how do they book Paul White from here? Like, is he going to be a... How, how much is he going to actually wrestle? Is he going to be featured on the the big shows or... I don't know. Yeah, it was it was good. It was cool to see him out in the ring again. But how much more can you do with him? I think it might be a sting situation 
I mean, granted, Sting has a little more, I think, in his arsenal than Paul White does. Because Paul White's, you know, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he's considered the largest wrestler in the business since Andre, if not bigger than Art. Yeah, I don't think as big as Andre, but he's up there. He's still considered the biggest uh, wrestler in the business today. So, I mean, there's not much, but I think he might be, if you use him sparingly, he can make it work. But sparingly, not sparingly, the main event, Kenny Omega taking on Christian Cage and, you know, defending, you know, retaining the world title. This one wasn't. Let me tell you, these two could wrestle forever. And I don't use that all the time. I know all the fa- you know fans do because, you know, they do. They just want to see everyone wrestle till they're exhausted and end up in a hole because, like, they want to see them exhaust themselves. But <laughs> this was a case where these guys, especially Christian, another one who didn't wrestle for, like, seven years, uh, going up against the best bout machine, best, you know, I think arguably the best wrestler in the world right now, it, he was able to keep up with Kenny. And this match was just a lot of fun. Um, I would argue this could be, you know, this isn't the, the best match of the night because obviously the tag titles match, I think, takes that. Mm. But I would argue this might be even number two, if not tied with CM Punk and Darby. It was, it was good. Um, I don't know, like, this match kind of lost me a little bit. I don't know if it was just because I was exhausted from watching wrestling for four hours. and But, and again, I, I knew that Kenny was going to win. So it was kind of like, I don't know. For me, when pay-per-views are, are too obvious, it kind of kills it a little bit. Like, I was honestly waiting for the end of this match to see who would debut. If, I, if I'm going to be 100% honest. Like, I knew it would be uh, some ridiculousness during this match, which there was. Uh, I I do like the Avalanche uh, one-winged angel to finish this match out. That was awesome. Um, the tables being used, and I don't know how they weren't de- DQs called, but, you know, whatever. Wrestling. <laughs> I know. Who needs logic in this shit? <laughs> and Christian got like impaled by the legs of the table that, right. that table broke pretty weird they they he fell like right where the leg was because when i saw him like he had like a gash like right like in his ribs right over here and i'm like oh my god i'm like if he doesn't have a fractured rib from that i'll be shocked right yeah it was it was weird like when you when you saw the table broke and and like zach was saying like the the leg came up and if you looked i don't know if you if you caught it um, but if you looked, the table caught the leg and then pushed inward, like the piece of wood that was broken off because of the leg, you could see like the wood being pushed upward and in. And I was just like, holy Christ, he hit that flush. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a really good match, though. I've been really impressed with Christian lately. I think he's gotten a lot better as he's gotten more matches in AEW, shaking off some of the ring rust, maybe. And the whole feud with Kenny has been phenomenal. So I've been all for it, even though it was pretty certain that Kenny was going to win this match. I was just happy that Christian did beat him that one time. So, I mean, this was just, this was fine for me. And they, and they had another great match. Well, let's talk about 
probably the most important part of this match, which oh, was I what we were done. Was <laughs> want, Sam, he doesn't want to talk about what happens next. I turned off the pay-per-view after that point. Did something else happen? Oh, yeah, you know, World Wrestling Entertainment 2006 popped up, and that was it. Boom. Um, <laughs> I didn't expect. Okay, I'm going to jump back because there was an art. There was something that was said. Um, we talked about the Go Home Show. I swear Andrade was going to wrestle a mystery opponent. I knew he had moved his match with Pac, but I swear somewhere, and we did make a pick on that, which did not happen. However, I was pretty shocked. Because we obviously knew one person was showing up, but we didn't know uh, two. I don't think I've seen two people debut like that, that caliber. We had, Which, we had four surprise debuts tonight. Four. Just so you know, Pro Wrestling Tees has a sale going on for All Out. And as of tomorrow... Sam's all elite, baby. All elite, baby. When I, I, when, when that went quiet, I'm like, it's Daniel Bryan. And then I heard this different music, and all I saw was AC, baby. I was, I, I jumped. I was like, I, I couldn't figure out how the hell they were to include him because, I mean, you know, Scott. I don't know how familiar you are with being the elite Zach, but when he went to WWE four years ago, the way they kicked him off was they killed him on being the elite. So he was dead. So we were just, I was just like, how are they going to bring him back? This was a lot of, you know, the crowd ate it up. I found it fascinating that the Bebe on his logo was almost like the same design as his Undisputed Era shirt. Makes sense. Stealing fonts, just like they steal talent. Totally understandable. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I comes out, he does the Adam Cole, you know, baby. And then you're like, oh, he's gonna, you know, he looks pissed at the, the elite and bye bye jungle boy. I swear to God, this better be a mole situation where he turns on the elite because as of right now, this makes zero sense why he is with them. If anybody who's watched being the elite, this makes no sense. So I'm telling you, there has to be something that he's going to do to turn on them and end up getting that title. I swear to God, if he beats Kenny for that championship, I'm going to be the happiest man on the face of this planet. But right now, I died a little inside when he came out because this means he's no longer going to be up, up, down, down. And I'm very sad about that fact. And that's undisputed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well... I guess him and Britt are in the same place now, but maybe, you know, sometimes when two people work together all the time, they're together all the time, it's gay can be a bit too much. And so maybe it could actually drive them apart. They'll just drive each other crazy and could be the end of them. Zach's just... keeping his hope alive. <laughs> well, the good news is Scott and I have been doing this for over three years, so I don't see that happening anytime soon, Zach. Um <laughs> I'm glad you guys are happy. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm on your side. I didn't want him there either. <laughs> well, I thought that was it. I think everyone thought that was it. I'm like, okay, we got Adam Cole. I guess Brian Danielson showing up in New York still. 
and they're still out there. Kenny, you know, takes the microphone. And I'm like, okay, this is it. And obviously the lights go out. And I was shocked you heard Flight of the Valkyrie start playing. I like the remix, though. A twist on it. Yeah, I love that version of it. Yeah. It's real. What we've been talking about for months has come to fruition with Brian Danielson joining AEW. And I don't... Where do you start? Like, him, Adam Cole... Yeah, and there's still more talent to come. We all know that there's more talent to come. I'm just, I'm I'm dumbfounded, and I'm like like Zach said, fucking jacked right now. I actually before when just when I was letting my lap my computer load, I had to pull up Adam Cole walking out again and Brian Danielson. Like, <laughs> I think I brought this up in the Go Home Show. WrestleMania has lost a lot of its WrestleMania moments. This pay-per-view, I think it was almost gar- like taking that. Like those moments that you just like, holy shit, so-and-so is here. Or like those like, oh shit moments. This, I don't know. The pay-per-view as a whole, especially the ending of it, I'm on a high. And I cannot wait for what happens on Wednesday and Friday. Yeah. It's, Yeah. You know, we keep using that phrase, like, the landscape has changed when it comes to professional wrestling. But after tonight, I really feel like that shift has truly started. Um, and there's still more talent out there. That's that's the crazy part, that they haven't shown up yet, wherever they're going. But right now, AEW has definitely moved that needle, and... I hope to God that this makes a certain company in Stanford understand what they've lost and help turn their, you know, their shows around or else they might be in a little bit of trouble down the road. That's always been the hope is that having another competitor in the United States, a major TV deal, you would make the other one elevate their game. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes it hasn't. It seems like the first thing they'll do is like a big tag match, probably right. The elite. And then because the Jurassic Express had come out at the end of that. So them and Christian and Brian Danielson, some kind of tag match at some point might be the first thing we get. Be pretty cool. And, uh, Brian Danielson rocking a man bun. I don't know if he had a man bun before, but I I like that look for him. It works. It works. Um, I think at one point he did. I think when he was the American Dragon, he mm-hmm. had something similar too. So bringing it back, um, I'd like to see what his new gear will look like once he's actually in wrestling gear again. So, yeah. What will his first AEW t-shirt be? That's true. A lot of speculation. It was funny because we were just at the end, you know, obviously (laughs) Adam Cole coming in super kicking uh, Jungle Boy. We were like, what if all this other talent that got released debuts right now and they all just like (laughs) super kick like Jungle Boy. Like like, (laughs) Brian Danielson comes out, super kicks Jungle Boy. Rotunda comes out. Super kicks Jungle Boy, you know. Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman comes out, 
probably manhandles him. Ruby Soho comes back out, super kicks him, like <laughs> <laughs> the inspiration comes. It, <laughs> it's everybody. Lana, super kick Jungle Boy. <laughs> All while Baltimore is playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> this was probably one of the best AEW pay per views that I think we've seen. Yeah. It looked great on paper and it actually delivered. Yeah, like I said, I think probably the weakest match just because it was kind of A, it came after the CM Punk match, and B, it was kind of like, okay, this is almost like a filler, uh, Paul White and QT Marshall. But again, it wasn't bad. It was just kind of like, oh, Paul White's going to come out. He's going to smack QT's titties a little bit and pin him. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I, I might actually have to watch this again. This was really good. I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sleep. I got a bath in the finish tomorrow and I'm going to just be thinking about Adam Cole and Brian Danielson coming out as well as Minoru Suzuki. Like, yeah. <laughs> you guys are just as speechless as I am. I know. And on that note, uh, guys, thank you for listening. This has been our all out post show. We are looking forward to the fallout, which you should hear probably about next week after we watch Dynamite. But in the meantime, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find myself as the SOB official, Scott at Scotty J Stream. And Zach does the Back to the Ring uh, Twitter. That's the show where they go back in time. They look at old matches and they replace them with, I don't know, newer wrestlers, older wrestlers. And a lot of fun with that. First couple episodes. Definitely worth a listen. You can find us on all streaming platforms. If there's one you cannot find us on, please let us know. We will put ourselves on there on your streaming platform and mobile device. I don't know. I say that. I like saying mobile. It makes me sound <laughs> smart. It's really not. I probably sound like I'm having like a stroke or something. Um, please like, share, comment, subscribe, leave a review. Tell people why Above the Ring and Ship It Studios is the podcast of your choosing and why they should listen to us as well. As always, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to ship it. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.